This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Praise the Lord. We have two very special guests with us today for our podcast. We're going to be talking about the sacrifice, favor, and anointing. It's going to be incredible, a, a tremendous discussion. I have with me Brother Bob Richardson and Brother Jerry Touchstone. On, and maybe we could just take turns and we'll start with, with, with Brother Richardson and then have you introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, about your ministry up till today, and uh, then we'll pass it over to Brother Touchstone and then we'll go from there. Well, uh, my name is Bob Richardson and I am a proud Canadian. Uh, Born in New Brunswick, Canada, raised in Newfoundland, and presently living in Nova Scotia. So, all on the eastern uh, side of uh, of Canada. And uh, in regards to ministry, I have always just found myself. Uh, uh, I grew up in home missions, so whatever needed to be done, that's what your hands found to do. <laughs> and uh, so I was head usher. Uh, at uh, 11 years old, and uh, I've done everything but ladies' ministry since, and they won't let me in. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I just I try to stay busy with uh, just about anything. I do play guitar, and I try to help out uh, in, in anything else. My wife is actually the Sunday school director of our church in Amherst, Nova Scotia. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Brother Touchstone? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm basically from Southern Louisiana, United States of America. I'm a proud Southerner. Um, I grew up in the Apostolic Church. I'm a fifth generation Apostolic, um, born and raised. Um, Great grandmother uh, traveled doing a ten revival, so I'm very familiar with the Apostolic movement. Uh, at the age of sixteen, felt a call to the ministry, and. Uh, Today, I sit under Pastor Kirk Kozell out of Crossroads, Mississippi, and uh, basically minister there, and uh, just basically an armor bearer for my pastor. Uh, anything that he needs done, uh, willingly jump in and help him do it. Uh, just like I'm like uh, my brother here, just whatever my hands can find to uh, assist my pastor and my church family, that's that's where I go to. Amen. Praise God. He, and that's the thing. That's what it's got to be all about. And I've had some, I've had some incredible, you know, ministers, incredible authors, writers. Uh, I've had some incredible men of God on this podcast. But I think it's important that maybe the people that sit in the background or on the sidelines that have just as much impact, but they're not necessarily in the spotlight. I think it's important to to get them in a place where they can bear their heart. And share their heart, you know, with 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 each other. Um, so I'm so thankful that you guys uh, are joining me today. And this this was sort of something we just threw together. We were just having a conversation on Twitter, and uh, I was like, you know what, this would make a good podcast. And so here we are. We made it happen, and uh, praise God. Really looking forward to to what you guys have prepared. So. Um, do you have a preference? Who wants to go first, or do you want to sort of maybe Brother Richardson will start, and uh, maybe as maybe he makes some points, and and we can just sort of jump in. And um, how does that sound, folks? Sounds good. Tremendous. 
Um, well, first of all, obviously, the very first uh, word of our topic is on struggle. Um, I have my PhD in struggle. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I have always um, I had childhood trauma. And uh, without getting into uh, the, the uh, details of, of uh, childhood trauma, we'll save that for a different podcast. Uh, but um, through that and PTSD, obviously, I, uh, I am not a stranger to struggle, um, but yet, you know, everybody struggles. There's, there's different struggles for, for everyone, I'm sure. Um, but I have found that in the struggle, what, with what you do with the struggle that you're in, in those moments when you are, um, I, I don't know, at the end of your rope or wits end, uh, don't know where to turn, we are continuously, hopefully, taking in uh, kingdom information and we are taking in um, not just, and, and beyond the apostolic doctrine too, like, uh, you know, the, the um, I remember on uh, one of the other podcasts that I like to listen to, uh, they had mentioned about the other words, you know, and with many other words. Uh, so we, we have the apostolic doctrine, but then with many other words, and they walked steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And that is where um, the, the struggle is. It's not now you've received the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name and everything's going to be streets of gold and roses and, and skipping through uh, the streets with your Savior. Uh, it, it, it is a struggle, but in that struggle, there is a tremendous anointing and it's in, his we in our weakness, that's where his strength is uh, in us. And I, I think that the struggle being probably the most important part of uh, our walk with God and how we handle those struggles. And I have not handled my struggles really well all the time. And, and uh, uh, I've, I've taken sabbaticals to sit back and try to re reroute, go back and say, okay, here's where I went off, you know, go back to the old landmarks as, uh, as, as we uh, often say, and even sing in, in uh, church, uh, those landmarks, Hey, this is where I had a struggle. This is where I, had victory. This is where I'm going back, so I can reroute some of the wrongs that I have made. And uh, I think through some of the worst scenarios, whether it was just a hard struggle or if it was even sin, uh, I have found that in every single one of those, God has pulled me aside and dusted me off and shown me favor and called me son, not wanting me to be the, uh, you know, the the. Uh, like the prodigal son, he said he was going to go back and I'll just be a servant in, in dad's house. And, and But uh, he, he called him son. You're not right. going to be a servant. You can fire a servant any day, but you keep a son. And uh, that favor comes through that struggle. And uh, I, 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 th I think that's the, the maybe not the most important part, but you don't get the favor and you don't get the anointing without some severe struggle. Right, I would have to. Uh, I'd have to agree with you, uh, Brother Richardson. I, I, um, I spent 14 years as a firefighter EMT, and um, I had just recently had posted on Twitter. You know, one of the one of the major issues that um, dealt with me as going through that that struggle. Um, fortunately, during that time, you know, I'm like you. I, I just had to step back. You know, um, I fought with a lot of 
uh, rage, a lot of anger, a lot of, a lot of mismanagement of my time, a lot of, um, you know, isolation per se. Uh, even though, you know, um, I felt God continually trying to pull me, uh, and, and trying to guide me, uh, through my own insecurities of, of, of being that, you know, I, I was like, um, you know, how can a man like me, um, receive the of God, you know, and, um, you know, going when I, when I finally got to a breaking point, uh, with my anger, my anger started really starting to affect my family, uh, really started to affect those around me. And, um, you know, I, I had to, I had to realize in myself that there's only one way to change this. And that was going back to an altar, giving it all to God and realizing that, you know, without him, um, I'm just a mere vapor, mm. you know, I'm, 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 that's it. I have to understand that. And, and going back to him, he, he changed that. He, he took that pain away. He took the nightmares away. He took the anger away. Uh, there, there was even a point in my life that even with my own grandson, I would go to pick him up. Uh, I would see death. I would see the death of children. I would, I would get so emotionally tangled up in the fear of um, what could happen, you know, and that um, I didn't want to hold him. I didn't want to bring him close to me or, or anything like that. So when God, when God showed me that regardless of what we're going through or what we're facing, he can remove that, you know, and I understood that after, after receiving that healing myself, you know, um, and like you said, that struggle, it, it may be different for everybody, mm-hmm. but that struggle has to happen somewhere, somewhere along the line. I find that the closer you get to the cross, you know, the more in touch you become with maybe your humanity is the best way to put it. And we realize how insufficient we are, but how sufficient he is. And and it's just like, you know, the Apostle Paul, how he wrote about in our weakness, he is made strong. And 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 the struggle is very real, and it's and it's real for everybody. And it's and it's like Brother right. Touchstone said, everybody has a different struggle. But this is why it's so important for the people of God to bind together and right. help carry each other through our struggles. Amen. Because when we isolate ourselves, it 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 it's like disconnecting, you know, your finger or your arm from the rest of the body. And the, the blood does the blood just doesn't flow. Right. And so we've got to we've got to make sure that and, and I, I could be wrong, you know I'm I'm not I don't have a PhD I'm I'm not a specialist I'm I'm just I'm just a guy that likes to study the Word of God, and and I like to help people get connected yeah. with the Word of God. Right. Right. But. When we isolate ourselves, some at some point we have to take ownership of that. Right. 
And, and when we isolate ourselves, it could be because we, in, in our humanity, I, maybe this has just happened to me, but you, you create all these scenarios in your head that never even happen. They were never going to happen. Right. And, and, and I'm, this is real talk, you know? And so we've, we've got to take ownership of that. And we just have to say, God loves me. And I know that I love God, and if I really love God, then I'm going to love His people. So right. we've got to stay connected. And part of that struggle maybe is ensuring that we stay connected with our local church. Yes. Yes, amen. And I think, uh, and I didn't know uh, anything about uh, Brother Jerry being... Uh, a firefighter. I actually just concluded my five years, and uh, due to a shoulder injury, I, I'm no longer involved with the fire department. But uh, so a brother in Christ and a brother in the fire service. Right. But uh, this this could quickly become a uh, PTSD episode, um, and, and not not causing PTSD, but I mean discussing PTSD. But uh, uh, Brother Jerry, 100%. Uh, God took my uh, flashbacks uh, away from me at a, at a younger age, uh, 19, 20, right around there, and uh, delivered me from that, which was uh, no English words could describe how great that felt. But then uh, removed my nightmares from me, and uh, I started my married life and, and also uh, had my first uh, son. I have two boys now, 23 and 19, and... Uh, um, I had my first son. I was still having nightmares and uh, still um, filled, I mean, filled with hatred and uh, struggled with it. I, I, I've i got uh, uh, forgiveness uh, in me now, but I uh, I still struggle with it. I, it. It doesn't mean that I just like, oh, uh, forgive and, and click my heels. And, you know, it's not an Alice in Wonderland experience. Uh, it's It's a daily struggle. Uh, but I, I know a little bit better about how to move it. But in that struggle, and I, I think, Brother Jerry, you'd agree with this, but in the struggle of uh, post-traumatic stress um, and and the things that come before your eyes and, the you know, you, you talked about the death of children, that's, that's hard. When you're talking about your grandchild and, and your these other images come into your mind and hyper anxiety and whatever fancy words, you know, you want to put on, it's just horrendous. Uh, It's, 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 it's distraction. And I believe the enemy can use that distraction, but yet God can take what the enemy needs to use for distraction. God can take it and say, now you're going to have an empathy like no one else. And you're going to steer them, not just to victory, but you're going to be able to steer them into favor and into anointing, and I, I mean, I've some of the best sermons I've ever heard were preached right from a pew when someone said, hey, "I feel like somebody's got a testimony in here," and some some person just stands up and says, "Well, I'm not one to testify very much," but and then what comes out of their mouth it just right. blow someone's mind because it's not that person, it's not even their story, really. It's because it's real, and it was God saying. I know, I know what you're going through. I'm here. You're not alone. That, that not isolating yourself from the house of God and from pastor. I, I did that. I, I, I isolated myself. I honestly wanted to isolate myself today. It was just one of them days. And um, 
you know, but when you close that off, you're cutting off your chances for healing. You're cutting off your chances for more forgiveness or for more favor or for more anointing. All the things that you want, you cut it off when you isolate. Right. Wow. You know, I, um, I kind of refer to uh, Elijah often where, you know, he, he comes from these great miracles. You know, he uh, calls down fire from heaven, rain yeah. from heaven, you know, slays 400 plus, you know, uh, prophets of Baal. And, um, you know, then he finds himself in a cave alone, you know, and he, you know, he, he, he knows the power and the anointing of God. He right. knows He's walked it. He's felt it. Like like we're talking here, you know, we we have felt. We we, we know the power of God, but it's just that 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 um that fear of alone. Yeah. You know, you're you're separated from the body. You know, and the longer you're separated from the body, uh, the more that begins to um, what's the word I'm looking for? It begins to just tangle you in, tries to pull you in. Uh, and and I can refer to that moment where he's sitting in the cave and, you know, and, and God speaks to him. Now, God's never spoke to me audibly or anything of that, but, you know, we we, we feel his spirit. And and, and I got to a, uh, a place where, you know, out of desperation, I knew where to go. Yeah, you know, out of and like uh, like Elijah, he was in that moment of desperation. Like God, you know, um, take me. I mean, he was to the point of you know, basically, uh, in a sense, wanting to commit suicide through God. Yeah. Take me, you know, because yeah. I, I don't I don't want to be here. Mm, yeah. uh, but but then thankfully, you know, the Lord spoke to him, brought him into Elijah. As is me and you, we. We, we we felt God move on us, felt God, you know, direct us. And as as personally, uh, you know, you know I, I separated myself from everybody, you know, didn't want to have anything to do with it. I put my attention into uh, just basically video game, okay, to, to be away from everybody. Uh, that way I can control what I thought, I can control what I did. Um, and I didn't have to listen to nobody. I didn't have to talk to nobody. I didn't have to have this type of, uh, uh, communication or friendships or anything like that because of the fear that had, had, had grabbed a hold of me of being close to someone. And, but when God, you know, delivered me of that, uh, now I long to be with the people of God daily. I want to know how they're feeling. I want to know what they're going through. I, uh, I just want to be there to say, hey, you know what? Um, I know, you know, I understand, right? you know, and, and, and I can help you be from this point to that point. I can tell you that, you know, going to God and bowing your knee and saying, God, forgive me because, you know, I'm just a mere vessel. I, I have nothing to offer. I, you know, I can't control anything. I can't do anything without your guidance, without your direction, without your love, without your mercy. And when when I when I felt that, you know, even though growing up in it, understanding it and and seeing multiple miracles throughout my life, when it happened to me, man, it just it was just overwhelming to know that God cared that much about a man that was just a face in a crowd. Yeah. You know, has 
has no pull with no one, you know, not connected to a lot of people, just knowing that he looked at me and said, you know what, you're worth my time. You're worth, you know, my attention. And, and man, I, I just, that blew me away, you know, and now, now I want to, uh, I want to know more, you know, I want to feel more. I want to love more. I want to be more compassionate towards people when they say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going through this or, or I'm feeling that. So the struggle of, of life happens to everybody. Yeah. But God gives us people to help guide us and direct us out of every situation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You're preaching now, bro. <laughs> I think, uh, and I'm not trying to, to jump on to the next uh, portion of this, but I think also there's a calling. Uh, we don't have to have that big audible uh, booming voice. This is your purpose. Uh, but uh, obviously someone who's in that type of struggle, you're passionate about it now. I'm passionate about it now. And I think you hear that because we've both been there. And there is nothing more powerful when you are in the darkness. And like Ezekiel, I mean, one chapter, he's, he's having, uh, he's having uh, dinner with the king. He's sitting at the king's table, and then he's suicidal. Right. And I, I grasp that way more than I would like right. to. But at the same time, I've never ate king's table, but you, like in regards to blessing, <laughs> to uh, take me now, get me out of this. Um, I, I totally grasp and but when you meet someone now somebody happens to uh, come to your church men's group or 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 you know you just meet somebody at your church or or not at your church at your workplace or whatever and they say I'm really struggling with post-traumatic stress number one incredible that they could even say that right. because it, it's hard to say because we don't talk about that stuff and that's another right. That's another rant for another night, but um, we, we don't talk, talk about it, and I don't know why, because everybody knows we should, but then you can just say that, and you don't even have to say, I've been there, you don't have to say I understand 100%, because theirs might be totally different than yours, but just to be able to say, I'm here, right? and I do, I don't care how uncomfortable it is, I'm here for you, I'm here with you, and I'm only going to speak the word of God into you. That's right. then you've gone from your own struggle. Now you're in their struggle, but all of a sudden now you're anointed. Wow. You know, you, you, every type of oil comes from crushing something and right. the eating oil coming on, on us. It comes from crushing our spirit. I believe, honestly, I, I really believe it. it comes crushing realities of, of life. And, uh, uh, the enemy can tramp all over it. See how useless you are. See how unloved you. Remember, uh, uh, I don't remember. Apparently, uh, I forget the name of the author right now. Uh, uh, but he, they made a fame. But the book Dan Brown and uh, and then talking about the all the symbolism and everything in in the Vatican and all of the darkness that comes out of that there and how uh, the the enemy can use all of that stuff. I remember uh, Frank Peretti's uh, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, you know, uh, uh, books that kept me going as a young person. I just love those books. And they 
you know, you begin to see how the enemy and everybody can talk about how the enemy can use stuff. But God says, you think that's impressive. Watch this, you know, and he has the actual purpose. And then you're working in his intention. So you're, you're not just working with his anointing, but also with his favor, having almighty God show you favor, you know, with the things that's gone through your mind, with, with the things that's gone through my mind and God show favor on it and anoint it. How do you figure that? Right. Well, you know, uh, if you don't mind me stepping in here, uh, brother, um, brother Bob, I was praying the other morning about this and I was like, Lord said, what is your favor? How does a man like me gain your favor? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I opened up the word of God, Proverbs 12 and two, a good man gaineth the favor of the Lord. A good man. And so what does he say when we enter into the kingdom? Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, wow. You know, where all he requires of you is to be good. To be good. You know, and of course, you know, that comes in with obeying the scripture, being obedient to the word of God, being filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, all of that that comes with it. But you know, we, we, we look at things in life and we and we feel like that, you know, we are expected to be this perfect individual in everything that we do. Okay? Yeah. And um, you know, I, I had my I had my license. I, I don't have my license anymore to, to be a minister, but um, you know, I was during a moment of that time, I was so afraid to even say you know, the struggle, to even mention the struggle, you know, and, and try to put on this uh, this face of, you know, I've got it together, you know. But if you see me away from everybody else, you'd see the moments that I've sat in the corner, you know, and, 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 and you just wept because I just wanted peace, yeah. you know. And, uh, man... I tell you, it's amazing to see God do something, you know, even when someone comes to an altar and they say, well, I've been a drug addict for so many years. And then God grabs a hold of them. He says, well, you know what? No longer, you know, or, or someone who has struggled with just even, you know, self-respect or, or even just emotional states up and down. And they walk to an altar and it says, God says no longer, you know. And uh, I, I preached the other night, probably the third time I preached since, uh, you know, God has healed me from, from all this. And, and uh, the message was, do we not have a cause? Do we not have a cause for our family? Do we not have a cause for those that we love? You know, do we not even have a cause for ourselves? And, and, and that's my heartbeat, you know, is why, you know, I have a cause. You know, my life in eternity is more important than what the next person thinks about me. You know, my life in eternity is more important than what social media thinks about me. Yes. You know, you know, standing up and, and, and leading my family and watching my children come to an altar and pray to God and being thankful, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm, I'm a, I may be a man in the face of the crowd, but, you know, I'm a leader of my home. Yes. And God has restored that. You know what I'm saying? And he has given me that passion to say, 
you know what, I might not have a pulpit or I might not have a platform, but when I walk into the doors of my home, I am the man of my house. And when I'm leading and guiding my family to eternity, that's more important to me. You know, that's more important. That's that's my heartbeat. You know, what is, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, eternity and we talk about, you know, uh, being this great speaker or this great this or this great that. But are you a great father? Mm. Are you a great mother? You know? <laughs> are you a great brother? Yeah. Or a sister? You know? You know, to me, our ministry isn't defined by, you know, how many times we stand behind a pulpit or how many things we put out or quotes we put out. But the ministry to me is defined by, you know, Am I there when my brother needs me? Am I there when my family needs me? Am I there, uh, you know, when uh, when my brother calls? Do I answer my phone or do I like, ah, uh, you know, he, you know, I'm, I'm not that person. He can just, you know, call somebody else, you know. Um, and and to me, you know, we're we're talking about you know struggle and sacrifice and the anointing of God. It's you know, to me, the, the anointing of God comes when you understand that God don't need you. All right? He doesn't need you. Right. But he anoints you when you humble yourself to him. Right. And you realize that you're just a vessel that he's using to accomplish a goal in the end time or in, or in the end game, per se. You know, he's placed, he's placed me as a father to three children a husband to one wife, an armor bearer to my pastor, and that's what I'm going to do. That's right. what I'm going to accomplish. Amen. And it's not lights and glamour and, you know, all of these things, but when I stand before him, the little things that I have been faithful to, he will make me over many things. Amen? Amen. And it's... it's it. I'm going to touch a little bit on what you said, how you talked about that all we have to do is be good. And he said, well done, thou good and faithful. So to be good, maybe to be good means to be faithful. Maybe to be good means to be faithful to the things of God, to the precepts of God, to the law of God, to the, to the word of God, to the spirit of God, to the man of God. I wonder what would happen if, the church got a hold of a spirit of faithfulness. That means being faithful to church attendance, being faithful in your tithes and offerings, being faithful in, 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 you know, if church is going on, be there. If there's church events happening, be there. If there's fundraisers going on, be there and give. Wow. Right. Being a part of the body. Right. You know, I think the scripture says, uh, forsake not the assembling of ourselves when we see that time approach. You know, uh, how many of us know that that time is approaching? Hmm. You know, we find ourselves separating. I I don't want to get all political or nothing, but we find ourselves separating uh, the body of Christ to stay home and watch it on TV. Hmm. So we, we would rather forsake the assembling of ourselves as brothers and sisters to sit at home in comfort and watch it on TV to isolate ourselves 
to separate ourselves, to not be a part of what has actually happened, you know? And, uh, you know, that's, to to me, there's a time, we, we come into this time, to me it's more important to not only be that person that's willing to step out and say, hey, you know, here am I, I'll do it, regardless of what it is, but also a person that says, I'm going to get up. I'm going to take my family. I'm going to take my friends. And we're going to be in the house of the Lord. Regardless. You know, regardless. Yeah. And when you do that, that's that's an act of war against the enemy. As far as, as, far as I can tell through Scripture, uh, don't, don't ever think that... Um, the, the struggle of getting everyone together and into the car and into the house of God without, you know, your family imploding. Sometimes it feels like, right. uh, but to actually be able to carry that out, that is an act of war against the enemy. It does make him mad, but it does get us favor and anointing. Sort of. Wow. Right. Gentlemen, we, we've been going for 30 minutes. You got more in you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm, think, I'm thinking about, uh, think about the apostles. You know, you had, uh, what, Andrew, Peter, James, John, Thomas, Nathaniel, Philip. They were all fishermen. They were they were businessmen. Um, this was their, their livelihood, you know, and, and, and when God called them into the, to the ministry or into the field, you know, they they had to they had to decide whether uh, they were going to continue to make that sacrifice in their family, or they were going to follow God. Uh, and it, we when we look at that today, you know, we're not talking about separating from business, but we had to we have to decide what's more important to us, right? You know. Uh, and they understood that when Christ called them, there was something about him. There was something about the the the, the words that he had spoke to them, the, the feeling that they gained from him when they when he had spoken to them. I don't I don't think when when Christ spoke to the apostles, he walked up and said, "Yo, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. Follow me." When he spoke to them, he spoke to them with anointing. He spoke with them with a power that they've never felt. Uh, you know, there had to be some connection. There had to be some type of feeling that they got when they when they spoke to him. Uh, so, I mean, let me think about it. If a, if a man just walks up to me out of nowhere and says, hey, you know, I'm fixing to make you a fisherman of, of men, you know, you're going to look at him and you're going to be like, what? Yeah. You know? But when when I feel like when Christ spoke to them, he spoke to them with anointing and he spoke to them with power and he spoke to them with passion and it it it, it, it stirred within them to follow him, you know. And and I feel as we, if we are today, uh, we have to come to the same understanding that when we when God speaks to us through our prayer life and he speaks to us through the word of God or he speaks to us uh, through our pastor or through a, a word of, of leadership, um, we have to say, you know, is this more important to me than what it, whatever the world has given me? You know, uh, you know, am I willing to sacrifice uh, my time and work to make sure that I'm at the kingdom of God? 
or that I'm spending time in prayer or I'm spending time in reading his word. I mean, is that sacrifice important to me? And now that I understand how important it is to me to, to make sure that I'm, you know, eternity secure. I mean, we're never secure until we hear the gates stuff behind us, right? So daily is always a sacrifice. Daily is always being good and faithful, you know, and we have to get that with inside of us to understand that, you know, this is more important than that extra few hours on Sunday to work or that extra few hours on Wednesday to work or, or miss Wednesday night service so we can go do this or we can go do that or miss a Sunday service so we can go do this or we can do that. We can't, we can't afford, uh, how do I say it? We, in the last days that we are in, I don't think we can afford to step out on God for a minute or two of pleasure of the world. Amen. You know, uh, because uh, to me, um, you know, seeing what we've seen, you know, we we have uh, I've seen dark places of the world that many people can't even imagine that actually goes on. You know, and, and Brother Bob, you can probably say the same thing when, when you realize that evil is is spreading its its wings and it's it is seriously roaming to and fro looking for children of god to devour it, it's more important now than ever yeah. that we we commit to prayer that we commit to fasting that we commit to reading the word of god and we follow in the steps of the apostles and we say the worldly environment is not important to me anymore but the heavenly gain is more important to me now and to making sure that my family goes with me. Amen? To live is Christ and right. to die is gain. Come on, somebody. Yes, amen. <laughs> what do you think, Brother Richardson? You got anything else in you? Uh, honestly, I... I, I it's it's a broad topic. I I think we could probably fill four podcasts. Uh, Don't say uh, it because we'll do it. <laughs> not just with the struggle, but and, and this this is one one thing that in, in regards to the struggle aspect, um, one thing that I I have just personally experienced, um, and uh, love to hear uh, your guys' thoughts on it, but. When it comes to a struggle, and, and particular, again, in my own uh, story uh, with PTSD, when I have, uh, I was going to say when I've battled depression, but sometimes I say I'm battling depression, but depression is just whooping me. I'm not actually battling it. Uh, and then there's times that you actually do battle it, and we have we have some powerful uh, tools to uh but uh, you, you, you need that connection. If you're trying to battle it all on your own, you're probably are going to lose because you don't think straight. And, uh, and with that not thinking straight, I've made some dumb decisions. So in, in those dumb decisions, I've hurt. I've hurt myself, but I've hurt my family. The right. same family that I am trying to make the right decisions for, I'm trying to set the right example for, I'm trying to be an anointed, uh, not, not just, I mean, you, you've got to find out 
long before you decide to be a man of God, you got to figure out what God meant it, uh, a man to be. Right. And, and I think sometimes we're aiming, and like you say, for the lights or for the pulpit or for the stage or, or whatever you want to call it, we're, we're aiming for something. And God says, I can't make you a man of God until I make you a man. Right. And I, 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 I grew up without a, without a father, uh, so raised by my mother. But um, and, and for much of my years, I only looked at what I didn't have. We, we always look on the negative side. So I looked that I didn't have a father. I didn't get to go fishing. I didn't get to go hunting. I didn't whatever. But my mother worked tirelessly as a godly woman to make sure I had eight different father figures in my life. And I mean, every single one of them were godly men. And we had a small home mission church. Sometimes I had more fathers than we had in our present and small uh, home mission work. Uh, there was periods of time our entire congregation sat on a couch in my pastor's living room. Wow. Talking small church, right? You know, I, I never, we know, I never heard about the sacred desk, you know, that we stand behind to preach because it was an accordion case that the Bible sat on. Right. The Bible was sacred. The wow. desk wasn't. Right. And right. The, the man of God might have just got home from work and he was wearing his slippers, dress pants, and a casual shirt. Uh, so it wasn't even, it wasn't found in the, in the suit. It wasn't found in the fancy chandeliers and the glass atrium and the marble floors. It was found opening up the word of God and saying, what is God going to say to us today? What? And, and, and I, I think uh, I thought that the, I was, I was suffering as a young person growing up in a small church without a youth group. Uh, or where me and the pastor's two kids, we were the youth group. But I think it actually ended up being a favor shown on me. I believe that um, I aim a certain way now. And I have, if I have five brothers around me, I mean, I've got more people in the band at our church. We don't have a monstrosity of the church, but uh, I've got more people in the band than I had in my church. So God, God's been good. I've got brothers around me, but yet I'm still making the dumb decisions of not connecting with them and saying, guys, I'm struggling. And if I had a, if I had, if, if I, if I could have connected with the Jerry or with the Brandon or with, or, or Josh or Jimmy or whatever, I, I could have actually said, Hey, I'm struggling. I could have steered myself around some of the biggest pitfalls that have marked my family and marked my life. Right. I, I just find that we don't, we don't focus on that, uh, enough, uh, now. And, 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 um, I was talking to, to, uh, brother, brother Crooker about, falling well you know when, when you fall um it's just sort of like everyone steps back oh you've got the holy ghost and you fell and we leave them it, it's it's the you know we always say don't separate from the house of god but what what happens when the house of god separates from you oh, oh man like that that's it's contrary to everything we teach and preach so when someone falls you go hey, listen been there done that recent let's get up let's dust ourselves off the enemy's going to tell you that you're a failure he's going to tell you that you can't be loved you are unlovable you are broken mess and even god can't use you the enemy's going to say that and i just want you to know he's a liar he couldn't tell you the truth of his life depended on it right 
wouldn't bother to tell you the truth, actually. So I, I, I think that um, maybe when somebody first becomes a convert, we should pull them aside and say, hey, listen, let me tell you how to fall well. You don't want to tell somebody how to sin, but you don't have to. Everybody knows how to sin. Mm. Everyone does it. But you can do it less and less and less if when you sin, you take it to the right place and you do the right thing. You come out of that struggle and you handle that struggle better than I have, then what you're going to end up with is with an anointing and with a brotherhood, a real brotherhood. We talk about the brotherhood in the fire department or, or even in the church. But when you get a brotherhood of flawed individuals, flawed individuals and men around you and just be able to you know i'd be able to call and say brother jerry i'm struggling i don't have to give you any more details you go i'm hitting my knees for you right now and i feel that that undergirding i feel that strength and i feel like like the the men the men that held up the man of god's arms you know like you 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 refer to being your pastor's uh armor bearer beautiful man you could go on on that there uh, our pastors need an armor bear and they their arms are weary too and they need someone to hold up their arms and uh and to guide us into all truth amen that's good that's real good <laughs> we might we, you know, I, I was looking at uh isaiah 61 1 through 4 and it says the spirit of the lord god is upon me Yes. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Right. He has sent me to heal yes. the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the yeah. captives, right? And to open of the prison to those who are bound. Yes. Man. To proclaim, and look, it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And then it says this, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities. Yeah, and who's the they? Right, the ones who were broken. Right, the ones who were captive. The ones who were, you know, struggling. Come on. Right? So, you know, the mentality is, is love them. You see them hurting, go to them. Be the voice of reason. Be the voice of reason. You don't need a pulpit to do it. No, no. Be be the voice, not just of reason, be the voice of understanding. Right, right. Sometimes I just found, I, and I even look back over my own life, and I, like I said, I got my PhD in struggle and sin, but I, I why have I ever said things in such, I've never intended to be condescending, but why have I talked about fall, somebody else's fall as if I've never done it? Right. But it's that brokenness, like oh, so one of my favorite courses of scripture. Like right? that's, you could just open up. Here's my text. Read the text and open the altar. And that's <laughs> someone come to the music, please. <laughs> Musician? No. <laughs> Play me something long. 
You know, when we're talking about struggling, one of the biggest strugglers in the Word of God is Jacob. He was a supplanter. He was a deceiver. Dude really messed up. But where did he end up? Yeah. You know, and, and, and if we could get a hold of the fact that God loves us and looks at us the same way he looked at Jacob, who became Israel. Right. Come and on, even man. To this day, to this day, we say it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob. Oh man. Yeah, but see, but see, it could have been Esau if he would have realized the situation and the power and the anointing that he had upon himself. Oh come on. Could have been. Could have been the older brother too. Yeah. Right. Wow. Man, could have been Judas. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, this is just we going to keep on going. We got we to be careful now. We got to be careful now. Hey, this has been incredible. This is this is probably, I think this is probably my best podcast episode yet. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about this. Guys, this is awesome. I've enjoyed it, Brother Croker. Man. I'm, thank- I'm so thankful for you guys. I appreciate you both. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out the episode now. Uh, so if there's anything you want to leave the listeners with, yeah, actually I, w- I would like to. Um, not a shy person myself. When you struggle, and even if you're struggling, and it leads to sin, God forbid. We that, that's we don't want to struggle and we don't want to sin for sure. But every single human being you've ever seen or met or even heard of has done the same. So don't let the devil say you're the only one that fell. Don't let the darkness talk louder than the light. So no matter where you're at in your walk, this too shall pass. Maybe you're... You're dancing in the altar, and there's bobby pins and high heels flying all over the place. This too shall pass. But the Holy Ghost will give you, and the anointing that we're talking about, and that that favor, that will give you more of an equalizer. And it will just be one great, consistent walk with God. Will you still fall and fail? Yes. But you just go, okay, I did, but I'm still his son. I'm still a child. You can make it. You can make it. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.